Hi and welcome to another interview for the Zero to Asic course and this week I'm very pleased to be joined by Dinesh. Dinesh has been taping out on MPW 2, 3, 4 and is planning to go for 5 and he's got a very interesting project called Risk Tweeno. It's one of the best documented projects I've seen and he's bringing a lot of design and layout experience. So I thought it'd be a really good idea to have a chat with him, find out about his project and see what his plans are going forwards. So hi Dinesh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Good. Yeah. So, could you tell us about a little bit about yourself and your experience? So, I'm I'm been with this VLS domain for more than twenty plus year. I worked in Cypress Semiconductor for five year, and then I worked in eight year in Centilium and Bar Transuch. And next five year, I was worked as an independent technical consultant. And last five years, I'm working in Intel India. So during my career, I had a lot of chance to work with the different aspect of SOC designs, such as architecture, RTL implementation, SOC integration, verification, synthesis, MBIST, scan, timing closure, and silicon bring-ups. And I also had a chance to work with the tester team to do a silicon debugs. I'm also a so good software developer where I write good C, C++ embedded software also. Overall experience wise, I have some limited experience around the analog implementation and some physical design checks. And, uh, and, and over my different, my associates, I have worked in different foundries like a TSMC, Global Foundries, UMC, SMIC and technology from 180 nanometer, 130 nanometer, all, all the way to 22 nanometer, I had a working uh, SOC chips, which I worked around these 20 years. So how have you found enough time to get involved with the open source tools? <laughs> from uh, from last 10 years, I normally have one of the contributor in the opencore.org. I used to add uh, some of the IPs in the opencore.org. And I normally a regular contributor in IP contributor there, but uh, open tools is something I started from last one year, I can see. And um, maybe you can tell us a bit about the aim of Risk Duino. So, so, so I, I also a lot of played around with this Arduino and, and as we know, this Arduino is one of the popular embedded platforms used across the globe because of its openness in the source openness in the source and hardware and uh, software and it's ready to use and a lot of examples are there around uh, this Arduino projects and, and also there is a huge uh, community base to develop a lot of applications are there. The current aim when I started its aim is to not to reinvent this all this application and try to use this Arduino examples applications and try to add additional value by increasing customization supports. Because once you have an, a base bone, so user can add new modules there. If you see Arduino's, normally it is built with multiple add-on cards. So user can, instead of adding add-on card, they, once they have a backbone of this Arduino pin compatible setup, they can play around and add those IPs within the same SOC so that they can they can get a much better customization of the chip. So are you planning for your chip to be a pin compatible replacement to the common 
at Mel 328 in the Arduino boards? Yes, the, uh, whatever the currently the plan, we the total pin wise, we have additional pin uh, because whatever Caravel setup has a 38 pin. What I made sure that the first 20, the 28 pin functionalities are exactly matching with the Arduino board. So there will be some board rework, but at least the pin compatibility on those uh, things are exactly try to match. Okay. And uh, obviously it's a RISC 5 core instead of the AVR core that was originally in the Arduino yes. product. So that's what the aim is to create in, inside the Arduino firm software, add an additional board like a RISC Arduino and create a GCC compiler for this 32-bit series core so that it looks a transparent. So they just select a board as a RISC Arduino and current application automatically will be targeted to the current 32-bit risk core with the corresponding firmware changes because my UART and USB drivers may be different. So you need to we need to change the base driver according to that board so that it looks a transparent. The same sample code should be able to run in this board, this IC chip also. That is the aim. And will you be also doing the um, the software side of things so that uh, it can work with the Arduino yes, libraries. I have some knowledge on the, around that. I am just started playing around those things uh, with the application part, where to plug in there. So, so sounds like a big job. Yes, like a big job. So I need. I am looking for a lot of community help uh, also here. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, actually, I had that down at the end about anything else you want to tell us but now maybe it's a good time if you want to uh, tell us what kind of people you're looking for to help you with this project so, so one of the things i have very limited knowledge on this unlock implementation implementation so i need some unlock implementation help to add on this additional hooks which is missing in currently my project and also i want to improvise further on the verification sites that is one more place where I'm looking. Okay. And uh, third one I can see is the embedded software. Uh, because the way I built is I wanted to even uh, run the Unix in this uh, setup. So I may added additional cache, uh, data cache, all these things. My intention is to all the way to boot it, to boot this system to Linux. So I'm, I'm looking for a people who can help me to port, uh, import the Linux to this uh, RISC-V. Linux on RISC-Tweeno. Yes, Rich Dino, I cool. wanted to port it. And also I'm looking for a people who can help me in uh, integrating this Arduino software. So where I can add a plugin if someone has already some knowledge on adding the board and how to add this GCC comp compiler train to integrating and and updating the individual drivers. So I'm looking for all these places, uh, community help. Otherwise it may go in slow pace, I can see. Um... Yeah, so let's just jump now to um, my question about analog stuff, because one of the things I was interested in is with with the Arduino, you've got digital ins and outs, but you've also got some analog stuff like A to Ds and D to As. Are you implementing them at the moment, or is that currently unimplemented, and that's why you're looking for people to help you on the analog side? Yes, currently I'm not implemented ADC DAC and those unlock part. It's just a placeholder. I try to use the current uh, some of the pro, uh, Caravel projects uh, where they used, but I don't see it uh, 
not completely fitting with my requirement where i was looking for a six adc six channel adc and it doesn't fit there so i'm looking for some help there okay now one thing that i was um interested in when i was looking through the projects is you've actually been on um mpw2 3 and 4 and you're going to be going for mpw5 as well is that correct yes yeah so what's been the differences that you've made in between each of your applications so the first version if you say it's a just a base risk v core which i taken out from the open core and I'm able to compile it to the open source tools. I think that's nothing much change I done. And I added with the not first version was not a risk uh, Arduino compatible pin. It is just to try to prove the risk core works with along with the SDRAM controller. So that is the first version I tried in MPW2. And MPW3, I tried the first, I can say the risk Dino where it, I am trying to uh, modified for with the pin compatible things where I, I do, it doesn't have an instruction cache and data cache it is it is like a, it's a basic arduino but it it will not able to boot all the way to linux because it doesn't have a, any internal cache so it will work like a standard arduino that's what my current understanding i'm thinking in mpw3 and in MPW3, non-risk also I tried, like a MBS controller. One more project I tried is MBS controller, where uh, I targeted uh, 1KB, 2KB SRAMs uh, with uh, raw redundancy support. It is a non-risk based shuttle. What's a, sorry, what's a, I didn't get what that was, an MRISC controller? MBS controller, which typically MBIS. around the memory, we had a controller, if there is a fault inside the SRAM, it can check, it will have an automatic test to validate all the SRAM uh, functions. And if it fails, uh, when, when I say when we have a redundancy, it can, if there is a row failure, if there is one particular address is failing, it uh, the function has a four failures can correct it itself. So user will be transparent. So there will be a four location addition will be kept inside the RAM. And those will become as a replacement. So this is like an error correction type. If there is a four failure, location failure, uh, and user will not notice. So that I tried okay. in MPW3. And MPW4, I tried with the first time with a cache, this whatever same risk score with Arduino, where I integrated iCache in instruction cache and data cache there along with the SRAM there. So it is some little bit increment and also cleaned up some of the verification I can see. In the same MBW4, I tried one more non-RISC-V based project that is a logic beast. So the, the MBIST and logic beast difference is the MBIST only validate the SRAM part. Where logic beast is like a scan. It is like an on-chip scan to validate all the logic what you implemented is actually manufactured correctly which is a, one of the critical thing for an soc to make sure that uh, the whatever the manufacturability of the things are taken care correctly so for that for the single domain thing i made my own method and added a logic beast which on power on automatically sends uh, patterns to validate all the flops and the combination logic to see if there is any failure 
if there is no failure it will match with the golden signature so that is the one i tried it's in mpw4 in mpw5 currently what i am trying is a two risk based project one with uh, single risk core where i done some upgrade in uh, wishbone where uh, previous uh, wishbones are just uh, interconnect which means uh, even there are three masters are there only one access will be passed through even though there is a cross between them going to the other uh, end user still it will wait until the previous transaction is completed but in mpw5 onward it is a cross bar that means uh, if the processor is fetching a spa access and parallelly data is uh, data path is accessing some other block it can go parallelly it's like a crossbar so that is added which my, my feeling it will improve the performance to when you want to try to boot it to linux so it is going to help there and in mpw5 itself the one more project i added is a dual core the same as the previous one but here the data is uh, the, there is a two risk core is integrated i wanted to see how this multi core function is going to work so so effectively except the mpw2 nearly i tried and two tapings uh, tapers i can say and uh, five are targeted to risk based and two are non risk based around seven tapings if you okay. include mpw5 taking advantage of the uh, the google sponsored shuttle yes good yeah yes. So one of the things that I really liked about your project and I'm checking it again now is the documentation which is uh, very got great coverage on the project and you also have a good framework for doing the verification so I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about uh, the verification that you do Yes I try to see because this risk we core has its own a lot of compliance test which industry to check all the instru- instructions are uh, as per the risk week standard and interrupts there are already standard defined tests are there i ported all those tests here so that so it is not broken with the integration with the soc and reading from the external flash and accessing the things i nearly ported all the risk week course i think it itself is more than i think 100 test cases are there comes along with this compliance test i am integrated all of them and i even integrated the core mark and dry stone compliance test which directly checks the performance of the risk we that also ported here just to check it is not broken those uh, vectors there and uh, some of the critical ips like a risk we core and core spa has the, their own block level test cases because they are the critical block in this uh, project i have a separate test bench standalone test bench git repo there i'm very validating in depth in rtl also and also in the gate level just to see after synthesis it is not broken so in at soc level you can say most of the risk cores i i brought it back to soc level and i made sure that at least one test is there for each ip each interfaces and the standard approach i done is 90% of the test i am running at user project level means uh, i am directly driving at the wishbone level so that it runs run time is faster and 10% of the test i am run with along with the caravel so that nothing is broken when we integrate with the caravel good idea 
Another thing I noticed when I was looking for your repository was that you've also got quite in-depth timing analysis. Is that something that you can spend a bit of time telling us about? Sure. So, so if you see the total screen of project, the, the, the inter, there is a lot of interblock communication is there. So because of that, the IO constraint becomes very important aspect in this time enclosure. Otherwise, the SOC is going to break if you're not cleanly constrained the interfaces. So, so for that, uh, that I typically use the standard industry standard procedure where we allocate around 40% for each inside delay across each IP. That means one IP will have a 40% inside delay, other IP will have a 40% inside delay, and 20% is used for the routing, so interconnect. So the I constrained all the interfaces with that SDC constraint. And first level, we I synthesized based on that. Then at SOC level, I plug in both the netlist and uh, spef along with the sdc constraint just to check the is it uh, is it constraint is good enough and uh, the timings are met if there is a failure because of the interface one logic is one ip is taking more delay than the other one i cross check whether other ip has enough um, block has a uh, enough margin then i will readjust the sdc or if i need to tighten those sdc then once again i retighten the sdc constraint and go back back to the in the individual uh, IP and resynthesize and try and get back once again and feed back to the main timing closure and check uh, is it fits or not. So it's an iterative process, I can say. Um, but uh, I try try to create a full SOC SOC setup where I cross check individual IP timing at SOC level. Yes, I think there's. There's open, there's okay support in open lane for saying okay I need this um, clock frequency or whatever and then being able to get the um, the reports back on setup and hold timing and so on. Yes. Um, but one of the things that was interesting that I thought was very interesting with your design is because you've got all these separate blocks and there's all the timing constraints in between the blocks. So is that something that you had to do yourself or was that supported already by the tools? Typically, we need to add from our end because the inter then whatever is there in the open line is a general constraint. So here we need to and since my design has a multiple clock domain, you I need to create my own SDC, and we need to I need to define with respect to which clock these I/O constraints are defined. So if you go and check each IP block has its own SDC with exhaustive definition of each independent I/O constraints with input delay and output delay. And I played around along with my top level timings and to meet full SOC. So it's I can say it's the base is there from the open lane for a single clock domain for type of design. But the way I implemented is a multi-clock domain SOC, which is something which is different, I can say. Um, okay, so my last question for you is, given all your experience with the kind of industry standard tools and working with these large companies, what's your opinion about the open source, um, open lane ASIC flow? I can say it's uh, something which is a great uh, start and effort and initiatives. I can say it's, I can, I can say it's a huge effort to bring out so many tools and bringing a working case itself is a huge uh, 
uh, huge uh, initiative initiatives and efforts i can think it's a, it's a great but what one of the things i think over the uh, mpw2 to mp5 i see the flows are getting continuously getting changed and uh, keeping track of that it is becoming a itself is like an uh, one more additional work so we are not spending more time on implementing a design we are trying to track the tools change so i think that should be reduced uh, at least the changes should be in the very low levels uh, so that user doesn't notice it so that whatever knowledge we gain in each mpw does not lose so the incremental effort i think something people has to take some time and decide things and also if it is possible they should give a backward compatibility like typically there is a versions so typically they we can people can suggest put it in config.tgl seeing that automatic the tool takes that uh, uh, version and automatically converts those commands into the new version so that it looks a uh, transparent so those type of things i think it's uh, people should try so that people uh, dependency on these changes can be reduced and uh, some of the current uh, seeing the industry tools and uh, uh, open line tools what one of the things i see is the utilization still is running in very bad numbers like it just uh, i see 30% 40% type of utilization in normal designs and if it is a complex design i see less than 30% utilization i see it's need a very there is a is a good scope to improve that to bring it to 60% which which will give at least give some ballmark compare with the com- commercial one and one more thing what i see is elis is not uh, up yet which is very much a critical task in soc where rtl logic equivalent test is broken it is not uh, not seen as a one of the check in this flow which is very much critical check because i myself seen so many time why is netlist optimizing the designs because of some syntax completely until you run a gate level simulation you will not notice it so i am worried this lec is broken can create some some issue for the complex designs and you may see some surprises there and uh, one more thing around uh, why is in netlist generation also I have, i have some concern in the sense if when you see the netlist it is like a increment that flops are is like a non numbers not like a cell names if you not typically if you use a industry tool the names of the the cell flops exactly match with what is there in the rtl so easy to debug if you are running something in netlist or timing closure You, it is easy to tell which block the timing is violated so that you can go and debug that to you can go and modify the rtl to improve the timing but the whatever voice is netlist it is tough to debug i can say they should preserve the cell name matching with the rtl otherwise going forward i find industry people will see it's a tough to use it use for a complex design and the last one i can see is uh, one more thing i can see is the scan i don't see much progress on the scan do you mean um like jtag scan chain insertion yeah scan insertion sir i see not much progress happened if we are wanted to productionize a chip then the scan is a very much basic requirement which is missing i can see 
and other things some of the things i see is in the physical design flow there are placement whatever pin placement there that is automated there is no way a user can control the each bits positions so because of that there are big routes are happening between the each ips so there is no way i can control the pin positions so which is a very much basic requirement in complex design where one common ip is talking to multiple sub ips so that will give a scattered routings i done my own way of some hacks and try to make made straight routings so if can open isn't, doesn't pin order.cfg control the order of the pins that's what it controls the order of the pin it doesn't control the location of the pin okay so because of that if we have a one ip which is a very large which is vertically large and there mm-hmm. are so many small ip sitting next to the parallel like a wishbone interconnect when you see it it is a one vertical block talking to multiple ips so because of this continuous continuous scattered placement the positions will come in a bulge fashion doesn't come in a straight route if there was a control to say which location i want this pin then it would have happened at direct routes i see that is a one of the things missing i can see that is typically it will be available in the other standard tools where i can get a direct interconnect between the ips which is one of the required i can say with the complex soc design and one more thing i see is the clock latency see when when i design having a multiple ips with the clock, same clock domain you need to match the latency clock latency so so one ip may having 8 nanosecond latency other may have a 4 nanosecond latency by concept typically one round we run some synthesis and find out what is the which block has the highest number of latency then give a constraint to the rest of the IP, a synthesis script saying constraint this block with this latency so that it becomes easy for timing closure currently that ic is a manually we need to adjust the latency between the each ip to get a clean timing closure okay so thanks very much for your time dinesh um is there anything else that you want to um mention yes the only thing i can mention is i am looking for a community help because it is a big project and it has a lot of uh, opportunity for the people to learn in both in verification embedded and uh, and also they can contribute in so many fair things i can see people who are interested they can contact me through the slack okay so the best way to contact you is on the skywater slack and your handle there is dinesh okay great well thanks again for your time dinesh really good to talk to you and uh, i'll see you around on the slack sure. and i'm looking forward to thanks, seeing thanks, what so... happens when you get your mpw2 chips back 